well, that was a good message, and they preach it again next year. It's like, man, why did you leave that out the last time? Good message, amen. God is good. Mark chapter 2, i got to find it. But <clears throat> Thank God for what he does in your life tonight. While I'm looking, let me ask a couple of people to be honest tonight. Uh, Holly, Holly, I'll pick on you because we already talked earlier. Uh, you know, what controls you other than Jesus Christ? Like, if you had some issue, and I know you really well, and Garrett knows what you do to my mic, something went down, and it was perfect. Try not to touch nothing mic-wise. Uh, and don't say you didn't because I can tell you did. Look, little, I see you. And uh, I know you, Garrett. We'll get him down here if we have to. Uh, what controls you? What, 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 what would you say is your weakest thing that, that when it happens to you, it controls you? Anger? Yeah. I know. I worked with you for a long time. And I see it trickle down to one of your kids. Maybe two. You got two girls? The, the, the oldest for sure. Uh, anybody ever get controlled by their anger? Well, what else controls us? Anybody got something that controls them? Finances? Man, when you worry about money and stuff, man, it'll almost cripple you, won't it, Joe? The Bible says we ought not worry about tomorrow. Today's troubles have enough troubles of their own. I tell you, anybody else? Yes, ma'am, Cynthia. Speech and confident, being able to talk. You know, you get all nervous. I'll get you up here to pray soon. And, uh... <laughs> That'll get it right out of you. Anybody else controlled by John? Arrogance. Oh, man. I struggle with that some. Yeah. Anybody else struggle with arrogance? You'd rather argue with a brick wall? Don't, don't sit there and act like y'all don't. Some liars up in this place tonight. Anybody ever? Uh, uh, what was that that one brother said to me one time? Ego problem? Anybody have an ego problem? Oh, we're all good tonight, ain't we? Richard, what controls you? Your emotions. Yeah, depression. Depression can jump in on the car and want to drive. Control your whole day. Tracy, are y'all talking back there? Because I can hear it coming through this deal. Y'all can shut that mic up. Libby? Overbearing, yeah. My God, and anybody else? Passionate? Comfortable? Yeah. Nolan? Control freak? I got that habit, too. Just a little. And Mary said, uh, we're going to go on a cruise. I said, I can make my way from that boat from one end to the next in, in the first day. And the next five we're out at sea, they're going to let me drive. I got to drive the boat. I got to be in control of the boat. Mary? Yeah. Something will make you feel inferior. Something will 
you know, I, you don't have nothing to fear but fear itself, and you don't have to be inferior of anybody else. Who believes that tonight? You don't have to be inferior of anybody else. I, I, hey, hey, can you, can you, something's playing right here in this monitor. got it I got it Lord have mercy there's nothing on something was listen to me guys we got to get control of what controls us if it's our anger, if it's our emotions, if it's our temper, if it's uh, alcohol, if it's drugs, if it's pornography, if it's lying, if it's cheating, whatever is controlling you, you need to get a hold of it instead of having it have a hold of you. I was reading this story today. I was reading my Bible. It's good to read your Bible every day. Touch somebody and say, read your Bible. It's better to read your Bible every day. God gives you something. It's like revolution. You got it. it. You understand it. All of a sudden, you're like, wow, I got it. It's awesome. I understand it. I was reading my Bible today, and I, and I heard from God, and he said as I was reading this part of my Bible that if we don't get a hold of what's controlling us, it will destroy us. How many see lives crushed over tempers? Let's get honest real quick. How many have a friend who's got a divorce over pride and ego? How many got a friend or a loved one that you know has gotten separated out of lust? Lust is one of those seven deadly sins. You can have a dude find his wine or a chick hot as, hot as I, I wasn't going to say it, hot. But if you got lust in your heart and you take your eyes off your prize and put them on something else, it could destroy you. I got anger issues. I got control issues. But thank God I got a God who helps me get in control of those anger issues and those control issues. I, I'll, I'll just be real with Chris real quick. He did a wonderful job. You did a great job this week. I turned that over to you. I barely know you. And, and, and you asked my son. I had to leave one time because I was going crazy. Because you had people here and there and everywhere, but I didn't see anybody where they were supposed to be. I mean it. I'm, I'm telling you, I looked out there. I didn't see cars. I didn't see stuff. All of a sudden, I started freaking out like, I should have done this. I should have did that. I should have been there. I should, and one time, I even, Chris, get somebody somewhere. I had to get away from it because I'm not in control anymore. I allowed you to be in control of this. I trusted you. You did a wonderful job. And we had a great turnout. That was big for me. What you did was wonderful. Letting go of that was difficult. Letting go. Anybody ever have a problem like that? You get some office help. You get an employee. You're like, I need some help. But when you get there, you want to tell them everything they need to do, and then they're doing it wrong. And I, I think I'm the only one that admits their issues. I got issues. Sometimes I say, God, why'd you even call me? <laughs> I got so many issues. 
But one thing I've learned is to turn over things to God. I can't control them anyway. God is in total control. God's got plans for you, folks, but not until you let him control your heart, your mind, your body, your soul, and your life, and your children, and your wife, and your spouse. You see, God wants to be in control. And if you're a born-again, saved by an amazing grace person, if you're born again and God is really in control of your life, then you let him be in control of your life. See, when he's in control of your life and you put the cigarettes down, you don't pick them back up again. When you say that, God, I'm giving you this, this right here, I'm putting them down, I will not ever pick them back up again. I won't pick up that drink. I won't pick up that drug. I won't pick up the way I used to be. I'm going to leave that there and go about who I need to be for Christ. I used to didn't think I'd get by without a cigarette. But I, when I gave them up, I was so proud of myself. Then I didn't think I'd ever stop cussing. But then when I did, I was so proud of myself. But you know, these things can sneak back up on you. The other day, I got so mad, I said a cuss word. It wasn't a bad cuss word. It was one you find in here. I said, that dude's making him a donkey of himself. But it was the context in my heart that the Holy Spirit convicted me of the mannerism in my heart, my mind, my soul. I was controlling my tongue instead of allowing God to control my thoughts. I, I read this today, and it was just revelation. And, and, and it's about the paralyzed man who was sick. And for years he laid in bed. The bed controlled him. The bed is where he stayed. The bed is what he thought he had for the rest of his life. Anybody ever think, well, I'm never going to be able to change. I'm never going to get over fear of speaking in front of people. I'm never going to get over fear of this, or I'm never going to be able to sing in public. I'm never going to be able to speak. I'm not qualified for this. I'm not good enough for that. Let me say this. That's a lie from the devil. Everybody has a portion of anointing, and God will put that anointing on you and use that anointing for his glory if you let him. I, I, I know I'm rambling, but let me read it for you for a minute. Mark chapter 2, verse 1. Several days later, Jesus returned to Capernaum, and the, and the news of his arrival spread quickly through the town. Soon the house where he was staying was packed with visitors, and there, was, there wasn't room for one more person, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat, they couldn't get to Jesus, to the crowd, so they dug through the, the clay on the roof above his head. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My son, you are forgiven. But soon, but some of the teachers in religious laws who were sitting there said to themselves, What? This is blasphemy. Who put... God, but who, who but God can forgive them? Jesus knew what they were discussing amongst themselves. Why do you think this is blasphemy? Isn't it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, and get up and take your mat and walk? I will, 
prove that I am the Son of Man, have authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, say that. Take your mat, say take your mat, and go on, home, because you are healed. I want to share this with you tonight. Immediately he rose, he took up his bed, and went forth. People were amazed. How many of us are still amazed at what God can do? Is there not somebody here that's still amazed at what God can do? I am in awe of what I see God do. You see, I was up against a $30 shirt, but I got them for five and a quarter. I was amazed at what God could do. I heard a story this morning as I called my friend and said, hey, don't turn out like this guy. And, and he told me a story of, 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 in Waco. In Waco, there's two bridges called the Twin Bridges, and they run out across Lake Waco. Uh, they run out Highway 6. They're called the Twin Bridges, and you go over Lake Waco. Uh, he told me an amazing story about this young lady. She was 24 years old. She was 24 years old. She, she helped in youth. She grew up in church. She loved Jesus, and then she fell in with the wrong crowd, started running with the wrong friends, doing the wrong thing, got out of church. She had a best friend, though, John, and the best friend stayed in church. So you got two ladies here. you got two ladies here. One has stayed in church and one has decided to walk away from Christ. I see that every day. Breaks my heart. Because I know what God can do. He heals the sick. He provides jobs. He took care of my son when he was born and they said he wasn't breathing. God is in the miracle business. The deliverance. He breaks every chain, every yoke. A generational curse has no power over my law. My Lord can break and stop a generational curse immediately if you believe with the mustard seed faith. So you got these two girls. One of them has decided to run with the wrong crowd, do the wrong thing. She grew up in church. She loved Jesus. She, she, she was involved in her youth. She was involved in helping. She sang. She did everything. She started running with the wrong guy, fell in with the wrong crowd, got out of church. She had a friend, and the friend stayed in church. And for a whole year, for a whole year, every Wednesday night, she put her on the prayer list. Every Wednesday night, she put her on the prayer list. Remind me when Sherry used to put James on the prayer list every Wednesday night. Now look where James is. Somebody here tonight don't believe God hears us when we pray. For a whole solid year, Miss Augusta, she prayed for her friend every Wednesday night. Every Wednesday night, her friend was clubbing, partying, doing all kinds of things with all the wrong people. But every Wednesday night, her friend, see, you see this story right here. There's four friends who believe that Jesus can heal. They believe it so much that they can't get to him that they take their friend and they, they, they pick him up and they put him on top of the roof. They put him on top of the roof, and they say, you know what? We got to break through this clay and lower our friends down. Ain't you so glad God's put the right people in some of y'all's lives? Huh? Ain't y'all so glad tonight that God has put some of the right people in your life? You know, so you got this story. It's so amazing. It's so starstruck, but it's so true. Last Wednesday night, last Wednesday night, Two girls, one's walked away from God and the other's still sticking with God. 
One girl's doing her own thing, thinking everything's good. The other one's praying for her for a whole year. Church is over. She goes home, goes to bed. Other girl's out at the club. She's out at the club. She's doing her thing. She's running with the wrong crowd. That night, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. She decides to head home. She's driving a Toyota Tundra like Harry drives. Big old stout, muscly, big truck. She's headed across the twin bridges. All of a sudden, she loses control of her truck. She winds up on the guardrail. The truck rips in half, spins around, and it throws her 60 feet below the Lake Waco, down off the twin bridges, 60 feet below. At 2 o'clock in the morning, it rips her truck in half, tosses her out of the truck, down into the freezing, frigid water. She swam. 150 yards to the bank and laid there praying and asking God to keep her alive till help got there. You know where that girl was Sunday morning on Easter? She was in her spot thanking her God for saving in her life. So if you got two or three partners, Two or three people that are not afraid to tell you the truth and not afraid to help you, that will walk beside you, be there for you, care for you, love you, provide for you, and ain't afraid to do for you. You ought to appreciate those people. If you got a church family like this, you ought to appreciate it. You ought to appreciate it. Y'all not try to destroy it. Y'all not try to, 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 to run amok in it. You ought to just say, God, thank you for this place. Tonight, I know what this place can do. I know what God can do. I know when that anointing is on God's people, big things happen. You feel it when you walk in here. Anybody ever feel the presence of God when you walk in here? When you walk out, man, sometimes I'm gonna go, I go home and say, Mama, I said, Mama, man, I preached too long today. She said, baby, when it's good, you ain't got to stop. Because when the anointing's on, when God is here, when you feel his spirit, big things happen. Big things will happen in your life, too, if you believe in him tonight. So uh, you got this story immediately. He arose, took up his bed, went forth. People were standing amazed and amazed at God. Once the Lord has established himself as Lord over your spirit, he seeks to establish himself as Lord over your life. He anoints you. He calls you. He leads you into his service. He gives you the strength and the energy and the ability to carry the things that were once carrying you. God gives you the strength and the ability to control what once controlled you. See, he couldn't, he couldn't have made it without the mat. He couldn't have went nowhere without the mat. He, the mat was his life. The mat was all he had. Can you see it for years? He's paralyzed for years. There's no Lord coming through. There's no healing. For years, guys, for years, the mat controlled him. Anybody ever know anybody's been in bed, some bed, bed, and, and they have to stay there? They're sick. They've been there for a long time. Mary's mom was bedridden. My mom was bedridden. They get sores on them. They, 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 get, they get bumps and bruises, and you've got to turn them over sometimes and flip them over this way to keep The mat had the man. But in one day, the man had Somebody grab that tonight. In one day, one miracle, one service, one service, 
where Jesus was preaching, it was a crowd. All of a sudden, he's healed. All of a sudden, what was controlled in him, the mat was his life. He was confined to that mat. He couldn't go nowhere unless somebody carried him, unless his partners took him. But his partners believed. Let me ask you a question tonight. Do you believe? Do you still stand in amazement at his glory? Do you give him thanks for the bread that he provides? For the lights, for the roof, for the provision, for the storms. I still thank him for the storms tonight. Like that guy texted me and said, Oh, it's storming. Yeah, it's storming, but it's also sunshine. See, you can look at the cup half empty or you can look at it half full. Once Jesus had healed this man and raised him up from his sickbed, the man raised up his sickbed and carried it away. When the paralyzed man was forgiven and healed by Jesus, he had a bed, but the bed no longer had him. Can I tell you something tonight? True deliverance, guys, is when you're in control of what used to control you. When you have prayed, when you have asked, and when you have believed, and God has blessed, you know that you can walk right by that liquor and it don't bother you anymore. You can walk right by that drug house that you used to stop at. It don't bother you anymore. I was talking to my brother Chris the other day, and Chris told me, he said, Brother Mark, he said, ain't nothing for me to go back up in the dope neighborhood. He said, but three years ago, I couldn't have drove down there without stopping and buying some. He said, but I'm not controlled by those drugs anymore. That's what Jesus does. He sets you free, and when he sets you free, he sets you free indeed. When he heals you, he heals you. When he delivers you, he delivers you. When the paralyzed man was forgiven and healed by Jesus, he had a bed, but the bed no longer had him. True deliverance is when you have control over the things that once controlled you. You can control your temper. How many believe today that they can control their temper? Huh? Who believes they can control their temper? Most of the time, amen. But you know what? That might be the next person you're supposed to save. I know. I get eye lock with them. That's my spot. We were talking in the office today and talking about some stuff, and all of a sudden my wife's face turned red. So we're not going to let that control us. God's in control of us. You see, what happens is when you're saved and born again, Jesus never leaves you. And if Jesus never leaves you, he don't forsake you. And if Jesus will never leave you and don't forsake you, don't you think he controlled the outcome of the situation that you're in today? I've seen the Lord change the heart of, of, of judges when a person was guilty. My friend Trey was here Sunday morning. Trey was here Sunday morning. It was a miracle. He just got out of prison. He just got out of prison. You might have noticed him. He was about six foot seven. He got a pitching scholarship to, to pitch at a professional lathe, but it, he got hooked on alcohol. Alcohol is his vice. His dad and mom had bailed him out for a year. He's a good-looking dude, too. I mean, he's handsome. He's strong. He's, he's big. He's tall. He's, he's, a, he's a college uh, uh, elite guy. 
and, and pitch baseball like nobody else is, uh, has ever thrown a ball. Seeing him go through interfaith disciple house, I just was like, man, what is this guy doing here? He looks good. He acts good. He's got the right temperament. He's got everything together. But the alcohol had him. Can I say this? Drugs don't discriminate. Alcohol don't discriminate. Satan don't discriminate. He'll go after whoever he can go after. He'll try to stop whoever he can stop. He'll ride in the car with you as long as you let him. He'll want to drive. He'll want to take over your house. You bring the wrong people into your house. You bring the wrong people into your life. Guess what? You brought Satan into your life. You take one drink after you hadn't had one for years. Next thing you know, you're worse off than you were in the first place. You go back to those places that God delivered you from. You know you shouldn't be there. All of a sudden, you know what? You're in the wrong frame of mind. You're away from Christ and you're back up to your old life again. I see it all the time. Here's Trey, Sunday morning. He's in the car. His dad comes up to me and says, I got Trey in the car. I said, amen. I went over to his Jeep and I said, boy, get out that car and give me a hug. When I hug him, it's like I'm hugging his belt. Big old tall boy. He said, I thought about you every day, Pastor. He said, I thought about this place every day, Pastor. He said, the only peace I had, the only real security I had, was was when I was in church, I was reading my Bible, and I was close to God. When I was here, Pastor, I had no desire to drink. When I was here, Pastor, I had no desire to go back to who I used to be. But the moment I stepped away from God, the enemy took over my life. He said, I was in control. I graduated from interfaith. I had six months there. I was good. I, was a, I graduated. I was in control. God was in control. But the moment I let it control me, bam. You see, he got to drinking again, violated his parole, wound up going to prison and doing a year and a half. I said to him in the parking lot right here, right here in the parking lot, I said to him, after I hugged his waist, I said, are you going back? Don't you wish some people would look some people in the eyes and say, man, look who you are today. You're going to go back? Look how awesome God has blessed you and your family. You're going to go back? Could the man go back to being paralyzed? Yeah. In his mind. You imagine being on that mat for years and a man named Jesus tell you to get up and walk and you walk. And then you get home and you see the mat and you lay back down on it. I see so many people God delivers in this church, like Harry said, and you never see them again. Because they go back and they lay down on their mat. See, when God sets you free, I'm giving you revelation tonight. You ought to listen. When God sets you free from worry, depression, fear, and anxiety, and he puts hope and love in your heart, what used to control you no longer controls you. You are controlled by the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit says move, you move. When the Holy Spirit says get up and walk, you walk. You can control, listen to this. When the paralyzed man was forgiven and healed by Jesus, he had a bed, but the bed no longer had him. True deliverance is when you control over the things that once controlled you. You can control your, you can control your temper when your temper once used to rule you. You can control your spending habits when your spending habits used to control you. You can control your wondering eye, and that wondering eye always was looking for some new woman to conquer. Your problem may remain, 
But it isn't, it isn't bossing you around. You're bossing it around. You see, I still have an anger problem. But I'm bossing it around today. I still got control problems. But I'm bossing it around today. You see, that's where you got to get this tonight. When he sets you free. I, I got somebody in here tonight. The Lord is telling me, still smoking weed. Still smoking weed. God sets you free from that weed. That ain't no natural herb. That's an hallucinant that messes with your mind and you're not thinking right. Oh, brother, that's, that's, that, that's given from God. No, that's given from the enemy, Jack. Because I know one thing about weed, it leads to other stuff. And I know one thing about weed, because somebody in here is smoking, and God is telling me it's time for you to quit. God is telling me tonight, it's your time to quit. I don't know who it is. I don't care who it is. But God says, you're still smoking, and you need to stop. Because weed is a motivational killer. And it kills your desire to get up and go take on what God has for you. And I want to say this to you tonight. That anointing is poured out on you, but if you don't do nothing with that anointing, God will give it to somebody else. You can control your wondering eye. When your wondering eye used to control you, your problems may remain, but you're bossing them around. It isn't controlling you. You're in control of it. And to whom does the Lord offer this to? He offers it to all of us tonight. I believe that God put me in a place where I can minister to those I understand. God's going to bring the right people over to your life. You've been through what they've been through, Connie. You struggle where they struggle. God's going to bring the right woman to, for you to help, the right man for you to help, the right people for you to help. God's not going to let you to minister to somebody that you can't help. He's going to bring somebody that you can help. That your story lines up with their story. That your life is lined up with them. Anybody had a mama that wasn't very good? I can minister to those people. Anybody ever felt like they were never loved, lonely? I can minister to those people. Anybody ever been incarcerated? Keep your hand down. I can minister to those people. Mary always tells me, says, I really don't have a testimony. Oh, but she does. She has a good home life. Her parents were great. She was raised in church. She can minister to those people. She can be a beacon of light and an example for others to follow. Holly grew up in hell. Her mom is terrible, but she was in church Sunday, wasn't she? Huh? She trying today. I mean, she stays on the right track. But Holly was following suit. She said, you know what? It's paralyzing me. I'm living wrong. I got kids. I've got to change. And she changed. Her husband changed. Therefore, the cycle was broke. The generational curse might have snapped. What once controlled you? Didn't you tell me one time you looked in the mirror and you didn't like what you saw? She said she had lost so much weight doing so much mess. She looked in the mirror and she didn't like who she saw. She told her husband Garrett, said, I'm not going to do this to my daughter. We got to change. And they saw this church right here. And Garrett being so shy, he drove by five or six times. And she's calling her on the phone. She's like, go down there and ask them what they're doing. They were working on the bathroom. 
Pastor said, well, I know a little bit about that. He wound up helping them. They'll wind up joining the church. They wind up changing their lives. I wound up baptizing them, their entire family. Wound up becoming one of my closest friends, my sister in Christ. She is actually on my ordination board. Holly sits and her signature is on my certificate of ordination. That's how high and prestigious I hold this young lady because who she is in Christ. I'm proud to know you. Love you. Love who you are in Christ. Garrett, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Garrett's a superstar. When God heals you, what used to control her don't control her anymore. And he'll do that for Holly. He'll do that for Carl. He'll do that for Amber. He'll do that for you. You don't have to lie to be accepted. You don't. We accept you the way you are. You don't have to flaunt your money around to be accepted. We don't care about that. God don't care about that. You don't have to flaunt your experience around. God takes and pours that anointing on you. Uses you. You know, I, I want to finish this and I'm done. Your problem may remain, but it's boss, but it isn't bossing you around. It isn't controlling you. And, and to whom does the Lord often call you to minister to once you're set free, once you're delivered? To a person who is in the very condition you were before you were brought to Jesus. It is to that person that you witness is the most effective because you can say with authority, I once was lost. Just like you. Has anybody ever had that opportunity? To say I was once lost just like you. I was once just like you. My marriage was in trouble just like you. I was broke just like you. I was hated just like you. I didn't have a dad just like you. You see, I say to you tonight that God will allow you to minister to those who you can help. And you can. But your heart has to be right. He's got to be in control tonight. I'm done. Listen to me. I once was lost like you, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. I was lunch lying paralyzed and out of control in a sick condition just like you. But now I'm healed. Jesus made a difference for me. And he can make and will make the difference for you. Who believes that tonight? So I want you to do something for me tonight. And I'm done. What has God delivered you from? What has God delivered you from? And why do you keep going back? Stop tonight. Make a conscious effort change to allow God to control that negativity if you're a negative person you don't want to be if you're a hateful person you don't want to be if you're a spiteful person you don't want to be if you're an angry person you don't want to be if you're a depressed person you don't want to be if you're an addicted person you don't want to be that's the truth I'm speaking the truth and heads ought to be going up now you're unloved you don't want to be the Lord comes 
takes residence in your heart. But you have to ask him to. You have to ask him to be in control. You can play church until we're raptured out here. Or you can let him control everything tonight. And tell him, Lord, I'm not playing tonight. I'm tired of this controlling me. I'm tired of being a people pleaser. I'm tired, Lord. I'm tired. I'm stressed out. Lord, help me, Lord. He wants to help you, folks. And he will help you. Stand with me tonight as we pray. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head bowed and every eye closed. What has he delivered you from? What has he set you free from? You don't have to go back, my friend. You think of David Ramey over there, man. Dave was a fighter, a loser, angry. He didn't have no reason to be angry, but sometimes he gets angry. Seeing God change Dave. Still working on Dave. Still working on me. Raise your hand if you want God to still work on you. Say with me. Keep your hand up. Say with me, Lord, control my life. What's controlling me, I now control it. But I need your help, Jesus. I can't do this on my own. Keep your hand up. I can't do this, Jesus, on my own. Help me control my temper, my thoughts, my ways. Say that again, my ways. May my ways please you, Lord, in all that I do. Lord, you control me tonight. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Somebody give God a praise, amen.